Hey listeners, thank you so much for joining me today. I hate that. I literally hated that. As soon as I opened my mouth, I just knew I wasn't, I didn't like what was coming out. I hated that introduction. It honestly, it takes me about, I have to probably refilm the introductions I do probably about 12 times. (laughs) For literally just no reasons other than just because I'm like... I think it like it's like when I write like a post-it note. So if I write a shopping list on a post-it note on a sharpie, and I like don't like the way I've written, I don't know, like a letter Y, I'm like, oh I have to scratch the whole thing. I have to do it again. I have to rewrite a whole new list, and I do, and I like that with introductions. If I if I'm like, oh, I said like, you know, whatever, or oh, I probably spoke too fast there because I do that a lot, and it just takes me centuries it takes me centuries and centuries just to say hi welcome to another episode how ridiculous anyway (laughs) what a lovely start to the morning well it's morning for me it might not be morning for you but it's morning for me it's like 7 a.m here happy friday happy friday 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 oh oh i just realized that wasn't doing the totally wrong tune there actually i started singing justin bieber's baby but in the tune of it's the lyrics of Friday by Rebecca Black, so I think I might be sleep deprived. I think I'm a little bit sleep deprived because I went out on Wednesday with my friend Teresa. Me and her went for some drinks, drank, drank, drinks. I don't really drink anymore. I had some cocktails. The like fell off for the next day. Wasn't even drunk when I got home. Wasn't even drunk when I got home. Watched Drive to Survive, Formula One, best program in the world, best program in the world, easily best program in the world. And then I was like, I'm not even really, like, I'm not even drunk. Like, I feel like I've drank a little bit, but, like, I'm not even drunk. So I went to bed, like, at a reasonable time, midnight maybe. And then the next day I was just like, I feel disgusting. Like, it was just, I don't know. And I think last night I tried to go to sleep and I was like, oh, because I had a Coke Zero with my tea. And I was like, oh, my God, probably caffeinated. I also had a cup of coffee and a cup of tea yesterday. So I think I was just caffeine, caff, caffed up, caffed up, basically injecting caffeine into my veins. And then I just couldn't, I couldn't sleep till like midnight. And my alarm was set for like half five this morning. So I think I've been pretty sleep deprived for the last few days, if anyone cares. So if I'm a little bit delusional in this episode, that's why. It's because I've had literally no sleep. It's not even, I've just had like <laughs> 10 hours sleep for the past two nights. But maybe I'll go for a nap after this, I don't know. So if you hear me, like, talking to the walls and stuff, it's... Don't worry about it. Just don't worry about it, okay? But now that I've rambled forever about my sleeping pattern, my sleeping routine, welcome to another episode of In a Dark, Dark Room. I'm your host. I'm your sleep-deprived host. Really tired, eyes are kind of stingy host, Abby. And this week is a dinky dark, so dinky dark is just a shorter, more fun... I always say this, more chillaxed, more relaxed, taxi. I overall just like the vibe. I also love the intro music for this episode, like for my Dinky Darks. Like the other one is so serious, like dun 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 dun. Whereas this one's like, I feel like I'm creeping down the hallway. Like that is so fun. For some reason though, Matt still cannot remember which one's which. Like he cannot figure out which one's a Dinky Dark and which one's a normal one. It really like I'm like, how do you not know that already? But you know what you know what men are like. You know what men are like. Anyway, ugh, this is what I mean. I just like literally. So this week's Dinky Darks, I'm going to make it about like the sea. I'm quite scared of the sea. I don't know why, considering I was like surrounded by it my whole life when I was growing up. But I just, I am really scared of the sea. I don't, I'm not scared of the sea. I'm scared of the deep sea. Like the, just the sheer volume of the ocean really frightens me. And I'm also really scared of like megalodons. <laughs> 
But you know, the expired track that expired like a million billion years ago. I'm so scared of megalodons. So, hi, this is Editing Abby, me editing the episode a little bit later. I just want to hop in and say that I know that I said the megalodons are expired. I didn't mean expired, I meant extinct. Sorry about that. Just another EX word that I got wrong. Sorry about that, everyone. Extinct, not expired. I think these things are really scary so I wanted to and I also recently read a book about the deep so that's why I wanted to do an episode about the deep sea I thought there might be some spooky stories out there so I found some internet stories and compiled them together all about the ocean oh not the ocean not like facts about the ocean but like people that work on boats or people that have been at sea share their stories and things like that so it'll be it'll be about the sea it'll be about the ocean it'll be about the ocean I think it's actually St. Patrick's Day today. Happy St. Patrick's Day, if you're Irish, or if you're an American who claims to be Irish. (laughs) Okay, I'm going to waste no time, no time anymore. I've already wasted loads of time, but I'm going to waste no more time, and I'm just going to jump right into these stories. So, as always with these episodes, I will just, like, list off either the name or the title of the story, and then jump between them and spend not too long after each episode. If you hear, like, all the doors around me going, it's because, like... It's around the time that all of our neighbours will be going to work, probably, so... I really hope they can't hear me, because I have, like, a little storage cupboard that I've turned into, like, an office. And it's right next to the front door, so I really hope they can't, like, hear me being like, Ha 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 ha! I have had no sleep! Ha ha ha! Okay, so, story number one. There's just gonna be, like... I think I'm gonna name it, like, Nightmares at... Nightmares at Sea! Maybe I should do the voices in a pirate. Nightmares at Sea! Terrifying encounters! In the deep, dark ocean! Okay, so story one. It's called He Could See Nothing. I'm actually... Yeah, number one. That's it. Number one. Whatever. I'm actually not going to tell you what it is because it'll give it away. So, my dad used to be a diver as a young man in Victoria. I guess that's in Australia. Money by the bag if you wanted it enough. Oh, it's... Can you hear my cat scratch at the door? He, it's... The door is open and he's just been scratching and meowing at me even though he's got... I've given him food. I've given him water. He's got dry food. He's got wet food. He's got water. I'm just going to start again. Okay. My dad used to be a diver as a young man in Victoria. Money by the bag if you wanted it enough. Though, half the guys that do that act like they're on the cocaine most of the time. I think it's probably from all the nitrogen in their blood. So it's a dangerous dangerous game you can only play for so long. There's one story he told me once, and only when he got drunk on his 50th, about an encounter he had while he was diving with a mate. The water down that part of Australia is thick and black and cold. The kelp is so thick that some people get lost in it and tangle their breather holes and die. Or more often than you'd think, people just disappear. Anyway, so he's diving off a shelf face about 90 metres down and it's completely black. He said you would just pull yourself along the face by grabbing the abalone? Abalone? By feel. The pressure is enormous and there are great... And there are great whites swimming around with their mouths open who regularly attack drivers or cut their air hoses. Which by the time you realise, you're already dead. Well, without rambling, he was making his way along the shelf, collecting and felt a nudge on his back. His mate and him always worked in close tandem, so he just assumed it was him and reached out to pull him closer. But as soon as his hand touched it, it just smashed him out the way and got its tail wrapped around the air hose, which ripped it off the connector to my dad's mask. So he immediately got his little pen light that he kept on his dive belt for checking cuts and things. And he sees the end of the hose a few metres away spewing bubbles. The thing, the thing that gave me chills is the way he described the inky darkness 90 metres down. He could, see, ooh, he could see nothing but the reflection of the bubbles from the hose and a dark lifeless eye of the great white shark behind it. 
From what I can piece together from the odd story and anecdote, that was the last dive he ever did, recreational or commercial. He's never told anyone except me and my brothers, and I would never dare tell my mum. This is why we're scared of the ocean. Okay, story two. You never know true darkness until you're out there. Nothing around you except whatever's under you and just pure black. Oh my god, alright sir, that was scary. One night when I was out fishing and I was on the, when we were out fishing and I was on the deck, a tentacle came up out of the water and hit the side of the craft. Once, twice, three times. It was the biggest fucking tentacle I'd ever seen in my life. Just thwack, thwack, thwack. And then it was gone. I had no time to react to anything. It was just me on the deck and I was thinking, what the fuck? And then standing perfectly still for five minutes wondering if I'd actually seen what I thought I saw. And if so, whether this thing was going to come back or not. A mixture of terror and disbelief that just boggled me into paralysis. Raised sails and got the fuck out of there right back once when I finally came to my senses. But holy hell, that is one story I don't tell anyone in real life. It's just too unbelievable. Even as a fish story, no one would pretend to buy it. So what was it? I don't know, maybe a giant squid that got pissed off at me for some reason. I don't know, don't care, as long as to know it never happens again. That frightens me, that's scary, I'm scared of giant squids. Okay, story three. Not me, but my father came back from his commercial fishing days and noticed there was a t-shirt in the middle of his net after one toe. After a little investigation, he found that it was not a shirt, but it was a human torso wearing a shirt. He said he was terrified that he would open the net and a head would roll out onto his feet, but it never happened. His captain radioed ahead and they brought the torso back to the docks when they were, where they were eventually met by the police and the coroner. They were able to identify the body based on the clothing as a victim of a plane crash that had occurred fairly recently. My dad said he offered a free lobster to the coroner who graciously, graciously accepted it until he found out that it had been in the net with a body. After that, he got angry at him and told him to throw it back. Yeah, I can kind of understand why. Christ alive. Okay, story... Story three? Story four? Story three. Is it story four? Oh, I don't know. I've not... I forgot on my notes. I forgot to... I forgot to do it. Sorry. Sorry about that, everyone. But it's a story. It's the next story. Okay. I was night fishing with my wife and a female friend on the local river and we were watching a meteor shower. Just chilling, drinking and fishing. I decided I wanted to check out a spot further down river so I leave them behind and head off into the woods. Big mistake, buddy. Already a big mistake. I can already tell. Okay. I'm about 100 yards or so down the path. All alone, just me and the crickets. When I hear a female voice saying my name. Loudly, plain as day, like someone was standing a few feet behind me and was trying to get my attention. I turned around naturally thinking one of the girls I was fishing with followed me into the woods. But nope, there was no one there. I'm not really a huge believer in the supernatural or paranormal or anything, but this freaked me the hell out. So I immediately head back, and sure enough, they're still hanging out on the riverbank and watching the shower. There's absolutely no way I could have heard them that clearly from that far away. I told them what happened, and to this day they still think I was just fucking with them to try and scare them. But I am telling you, I get the willies thinking about it, and I've never been back to that spot since. Okay, story, next story. I don't know what number it is. I think it's story four. I think this is the fourth one, but I don't know. We'll never know. We'll never know. I think I was eight. My mother and sister were fishing off a dock. I was a couple hundred yards south next to the water leaning against a tree. I opened a fish bait bottle and it spilled. And as I'm picking them up right next to me in the water, a fucking man's head rises out of the water, green and pale. It looked at me and then slowly sank back into the water. 
I began crying and I never saw the head come back up and it was not wearing any kind of rebreather or anything. My sister ran over to me and asked me what happened. I'm 14 now. You're 14 now, child. Get off the internet. I'm 14 now and every time I try to describe or explain the story, no one ever believes me and tells me I must have been dreaming. I can still remember that fucking face. I wasn't scared the first time I saw it, I was purely shocked, but that face was terrifying. Like 1990s Pennywise terrifying. These days I try to play it off as something paranormal paranormal or spiritual, but if that was some sort of living creature, then this world is a scary, scary place. That frightened me, that one. Okay, story number next. (laughs) I worked on the flight deck of a carrier for three years. Two deployments to the Arabian Sea. Felt the call of the void, as I've heard it called. I would be smoking on the weather deck, watching the sea speedy by. Eh? (laughs) Speedy by? Leaning against the railing, sometimes the thought of jumping overboard would materialise in my mind. For the briefest second, it's almost comforting. Like a faint magnetism to just do it. And then it's gone. It never even disturbed me so much as baffled me. Also, the ocean is just alien. It is unbelievably vast, deep and barren. On the surface, anyways. I would often ponder about what was going on below us and obviously fantasise about deep sea monsters, ghost ships, creepy paranormal stuff. The vast size always unnerved me. It's just something you have to experience being hundreds and hundreds of miles away from land, especially when you feel the urge to jump overboard. It is crazy. Okay, story number next. My dad was fishing when he heard yet when he heard yet bitch by baboo. My dad was fishing when he heard kids yelling nearby. He couldn't understand what they were so excited about, but after an hour or so, he was getting ready to leave and chose that way to get to his car. Then he started to understand the kids were hysterically yelling for their friend to hold on just a little longer. My dad ran to the kids and saved the teenager from drowning. He was scratching the slippery pavement with his last strength and was about to give up. The boy and girl who was with him, who were with him, couldn't reach his hands, but they also couldn't swim. My dad reached the boy and saved him. When he was younger, he also saved another teenager in a pool, and when he was a kid walking on a bridge, he saw some kids playing near a river and one little girl floating on her stomach face down. He jumped in and saved her as well. Oh my god, I've never saved anyone from drowning. Why is this guy in it hundreds of times? That's nice though, saving people from drowning. Okay, next one. Next one, next one, next one. I was working on a car carrier four years ago in the Middle East. Our typical route went through the pirate waters at times, and so we would always pick up four ex-marines as security in Jordan before we went. One night while we were going through pirate waters off Yemen, we started to have problems with the main engine. So we stopped and had to drift for a bit to figure out what the problem was. During this time, I was working on the stern, which is the back end of the vessel. I couldn't really see anything out in the ocean, but everything was dimly lit by the ship. I don't know why, but I got bored and turned on the spotlight, and there he was. This guy with a gun in a rusted little boat staring at me about 15 feet from the ship. I just stared back at him, stunned. I was afraid if I reached the radio to call for one of the marines, he'd shoot me. The marines had weapons, but I had to call him first. So he looked at me, and I looked at him, and he sort of gave me a nod as if he was telling me, well played, and I gave him one back. Then he slowly rode his boat back off into the deep pitch black night. I didn't know how many others there were, probably a lot, but I did call it on the radio as soon as I lost sight of him. 
I still remember his face today. That deep, stern, concentrated look. Ooh, that would freak me out. Imagine just switching a light on and seeing somebody staring at you in the middle of the ocean. I just turn the light back off. I think I'd be like, oh no, I'd be like, oh my god, what the fuck? Off. <laughs> and I just go to bed. I'm like, oh my god, so sorry about that. So sorry about that. Did I? I'm so sorry. Is that light really bright in your eyes there? <laughs> I'm so sorry. Don't turn it off quickly. <laughs> that would be, oh my god, I'm sorry. Oh my god, I didn't even see you there. <laughs> okay, next story. I was sailing a small boat around an island near Florida in shallow water. As I cruised along, suddenly a large section of water directly in front of my bow exploded with a large splash. Immediately afterward, my boat rammed into something under the surface and came to a complete stop. My first thought was, ugh, I've hit a reef. But suddenly the entire boat was lifted and spun around 90 degrees, almost dumping me back into the water. Then there was another big splash and I saw something zoom away, leaving a wake behind it. I was very freaked out and shaking. Then I thought to myself, I must have hit a big dolphin. Maybe it was a manatee. A lot of dolphins are around here. So I finished my sail and I went home. When I got to the beach, I pulled up the centerboard and found a real surprise. A two-inch chunk had bitten out of the wood of my bow. You could clearly see the marks of three large teeth. I'm very happy I didn't fall out the boat that day. Christ, what was that? Three teeth? Was it a shark? Was it a monster? I can't think of any sea things that have three teeth. Maybe it just like give it a little, like a little nibble, like with his front teeth, not all of them. Okay, this next one's a really short one. My uncle was a captain and he brings freight to other countries. One day in Egypt, there was a body floating in the harbour and the police were getting it out. When they first touched the body with a stick, there were eels coming out of his mouth. The eels had just begun to eat his organs. Okay, I'm only going to do a couple more. When I was 12 years old, my father and I were on a trip near Key West. It was a night dive, which is the first I've ever done, and we were preoccupied with spotting an octopus. They're fairly rare and shy creatures, and I was fascinated with them as a kid. They're mostly nocturnal predators, so there was a chance I'd get to see one in the dive. Turns out they're not the only nocturnal predators. We spot one out in the open, and a group of us shined our flashlights on it. It was so cool. It was completely translucent, floating through the water with its tentacles flowing behind it like a cape. It was a big one too. We spent maybe five minutes following it and I was in awe. I was so transfixed on the creature that I hadn't kept track of what was going on around me. I felt a tap on my shoulder and looked up to see my father. He pointed all around us. I shined my flashlight up and it illuminated a solid wall of flashing scales. The light went all the way up all the way up to the surface, and so did the scales. Turns out it was a wall of barracuda, from floor to ceiling. We were totally surrounded. They hunt at night, and a school of them were passing over our group. Fortunately, they have extremely poor eyesight, and they were just checking us out. No real... Oh, oh, it's Christ alive, I thought you were a barracuda. I thought you were a barracuda. Oh my God. (laughs) Sorry, oh, it's just snuck up on me, pretending to be a barracuda. Didn't you? You snuck up on me and you were pretending to be a barracuda. They had poor eyesight, so they were checking us out. No real danger. They don't find humans appealing for the most part. They passed after a minute, but to this day, I can still remember that flashlight moving up and up the wall of barracuda. That's quite scary, actually. 
There was one more story I've got here. Okay, this one. Because this is quite funny, this one actually. It was a foggy night off the shore of Long Island and I was on a 75 foot schooner. The fog was so thick that you couldn't see more than 10 feet in front of you. The captain tells me there is no point continuing my watch at the bow of the ship and him and I start talking at the stern. About that time there is a thunk on the side of the ship. We both turn to see a figure dressed in black flowing robes walking towards us outside of the ship. The robes are scratching down the outside of the ship and it keeps coming closer and closer and is high enough in the air that the top of it was even with our heads. We were so scared for a second. It turns out that it was just a black flag, mar- <laughs> black flag to mark a lobster plot, but for those first few seconds, it was terrifying. Could you imagine just being like in the middle of the ocean and being like, ah, there's a woman, there's a woman in the sea, and then it's actually just a flag. Okay, so that's everything for our our sea, deep sea stories about the ocean dinky darks this week. I hope you enjoy, I hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope you enjoyed the episode. I did. I, it didn't scare me as much as a lot of the others do, the shadow people. Maybe I'll do like a, I'm not sure. So I won't be doing a dinky darks next week, but I will be doing it the week after. So again, I'm going to be doing them bi-weekly. I just had to change it this week because it worked a lot better for like working hours and things so yes yeah, so I'll be doing it I will have my Wicked Wednesday episode of course and then I'll be doing a Dinky Darks the week after that but you'll have so next week it'll be one episode and the week after that will be two episodes but that's everything from me for this week I hope you have a really really lovely weekend join me on Wednesday for Albert Fish part two where I'm going to be covering like the murders and because my wrist is better it got better on like Tuesday so that was good so I'll be able to finish up my Albert Fish part two episode where I'll be going over like the murders and the letters that he was writing to his victims so this is where it gets pretty dark I mean it was already dark before because he was sticking pins into his butthole and his penis and his scrotum I just never ever wanted to have to say the word scrotum on this podcast but you know life throws these things at you they throw these hmm, what would the right word be they throw these things at you sometimes you have to say the word scrotum you just have to get on with it but Join me on Wednesday for that episode and yeah, that's everything for me. So I hope you have a really, really lovely weekend. I hope you chill out. I hope you have fun. I hope you eat nice food, have a nice drink, etc, etc. And I will see you next week and I hope you enjoy the spooks. Bye.